individually, would you agree we're all at different places in our journey with Christ? Right? We're all growing. We're all learning about who he is. I hope that's why you're here. Some of you may have gotten tricked into being here. I'm glad you're here. I believe God's going to bless you. I believe that when we get under the sound of the word, incredible things can happen. Even if I completely goof up this message, this book right here will change your life. If you just sat down and just cracked it open and started reading, transformation starts to happen. Amen. Hey, welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thank you for joining us. God is there to always help us when we need help. This week's message is talking about that, how he is always available to be there for us in our time of need. So grab your Bibles, something to write with, and get ready for this week's message. So please, 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 if you have a friend that you've been meaning to invite, It's not too late. I know officially we cut off dates, but we really feel like the Lord has said, just keep going. Just keep going. Amen. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. I'm going to take you to the word. Anybody ready? Okay. I'll preach shorter and I'll preach better if you're happier. Is that good? Mark five, one through 20. We got that ready. Mark five. Okay. This is kind of an intense passage. Um, I don't know. You guys probably know this story. Some of you maybe know the story, but Jesus, let me set this up just a little bit. Okay. Beginning of the gospels, sermon on the Mount. And then, and then what you have is Jesus starting to move with the disciples and he's dropping truth and he's teaching them about all kinds of crazy stuff. And their minds are just like exploding and they're starting to understand new truth. Have you ever received something? Maybe it was like Some of you like took calculus, like when you were a freshman, for me, that was waited until college. And even then I was barely ready for it. I think I don't even think I got past pre-calc, but anyway, but there's just, you receive something new and you're like, oh my goodness, this is making my mind blow up and I've got to somehow retain this. Does anybody relate? Anytime that the, the numbers and the, and the equation got longer than that, I was freaking out. Okay. And, uh, I'd like to look at this story and think about what the disciples maybe were experiencing. You know, I mean, they in faith, they just moved. Sure, we're in, we're going. And then all of a sudden, moment by moment by moment, they're just realizing more about themselves, more about who they're following. I mean, they're getting rocked constantly. And I see this moment for them as I get ready to read this scripture passage here that's really important. And I just see them experiencing kind of a moment of being overwhelmed. Have you ever been overwhelmed? Everybody with me? I'm not the only one, right? And I think they were overwhelmed. I'll give you the context of that in just a second. Read with me here. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of, I'm not going to mess, I'm going to mess this up, Spencer. It's going to be Gerasesinus, something like that. When Jesus climbed out, I should have just said a place, okay? When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put in chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains with his wrist and smashed smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Even Jesus was still some distance away. The man saw him, ran to him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed. 
Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. And the devil and the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Poor pigs. Just say poor pigs, poor pigs. Okay. Send us into the pigs. Interesting request. The spirit begged, let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirit came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down a steep hillside and into the lake and drowned in the water. Don't you think Jesus was like, sure, I'll put you in the pigs. I mean, you have no idea what's about to happen. This is going to be exciting. Everybody watch, okay? The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away. Interesting reaction. Leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Unbelievable story of God just coming through. Would you agree? There's some things in this story that you read it initially and you think, wow, it's amazing. Look what God can do. I want, I'm going to ask you to do something that you might even be initially a little bit uncomfortable with, but I really believe that what God is going to do is going to reveal something out of this story. There's some significant things in here. He's going to reveal something to each one of our lives out of this story. And, and I know right now you're thinking, I am not a demon possessed man. I am not, I know. Okay. But I believe there's some secrets in this about how God moves in our lives. And I think it's going to be pretty significant as we look at this. Individually, would you agree we're all at different places in our journey with Christ? Right? We're all growing. We're all learning about who he is. I hope that's why you're here. Some of you may have gotten tricked into being here. I'm glad you're here. I believe God's going to bless you. I believe that when we get under the sound of the word, Incredible things can happen. Even if I completely goof up this message, this book right here will change your life. If you just sat down and just cracked it open and started reading, transformation starts to happen. Amen? All scriptures, God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I want to encourage you tonight. Sit up. Take notes. Don't check out. Understand that God has something for you. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you that the word is going to speak tonight. It's going to be that harvest, 30, 60, and 100 full. We thank you in advance, God. You're going, to, you're going to drop something special into each heart. No one's going to miss out on this. This is your story. All I'm doing is declaring your story to your kids. And I thank you in advance, God, for what's going to happen in your name. Amen. So 
I want to, I want you to understand that these guys, they'd been learning about farming. Jesus was using every analogy he could. He was teaching them about farming and seeds that would be successful and seeds that weren't. And they're like, why is this seed? And I don't understand. Why is this one? You know, and there's probably parts of it they were getting and other parts they weren't. And he's just, he's, he's telling them what the kingdom of God is like. And then he's talking to them about a lamp. And then he's talking to them about faith. And then he's talking to them about what we just sang about, about mustard seeds. If you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, it'll be moved. Nice timing on that song, by the way. He's just, he's pouring over them all of this wisdom. And then what did they do? All kinds of crazy things happen in the Bible when the people get into a boat. Okay? So they get into a boat. Have you ever been in a boat and you're like, I don't know if I should be in here right now. Well, they were in a boat and this is the one where Jesus fell asleep and they're freaking out and they finally wake him up and he's like, why do you have so little faith? And so I, I want you to, I want you to get this a picture. Have you ever come like through finals week or some week, like, you know, like a relationship breaks up and then, and then you have finals and then you have, you know what I mean? And it's like four things in a row and you're like, I'm done. I'm going on vacay somewhere. I don't even go in my room. I'll be here for a while. And I, I, parents, here's my phone. I don't want to talk to anybody, right? You just got to check out. They were overwhelmed in this moment. Emotionally overwhelmed by the teaching. Physically overwhelmed by the whole boat issue. Spiritually overwhelmed by what they had signed up. What did I sign up for? Anybody with me? Like, you quit a lot of things as a kid. I, n- none of you, you were way more disciplined than me. I quit the violin, I quit the trombone, I quit a lot of sports teams. Anytime a coach, I didn't like a coach, Hamilton, you would have just been like, shame on you, Jensen. I mean, I quit a lot of things. Anything that didn't quite line up with my just, you know, picky taste or whatever. But these guys were in it, man. They were in it like we said yes to Jesus and now we're figuring out who he is and there's no way out and they're freaking out. They're in the middle of this and God's, about to give them their biggest lesson. The entire journey, all of this, the boat, you know, freaking out all the way through the winds in the middle of the night, and they get to this place because Jesus is about to show him why he came. And I want you to put yourself in this, and I want you to understand he would have done the exact same thing, and he does the exact same thing for you that he did for this man. I was... Uh, We were, I guess, how long ago? Somebody give me the month all those fires happened. And you all know like that. September, is that right? Jeez. We were driving to church that night. And uh, we found out, actually, I I think I had just arrived at staff to get ready to go up to staff meeting. So it was in the morning. And we found out that uh, the house that we have over in Lincoln City, we found out that it was under, you know, uh, evacuation, and there was a good chance that it was going to burn because the fire had gotten all the way to the corner of the lake. And so automatically got in my vehicle, sent my wife and Avery one direction and me the other to try to get over there to be able to get stuff out of the house and just trying to come up with solutions and what do we do. And uh, we get a few minutes down the road and Avery just says, what are we doing? Let's go to church. Let it burn. What are we going to do anyway? We're going to probably get over there and get stuck. And it was just a moment of complete clarity in the middle of chaos to just remember what mattered. What if we miss this night? What if we go lose our lives trying to save a stupid house? 
And we miss a night that we get to just declare God's goodness and get to outcry some rocks. And I'm so grateful for Avery having the courage in that moment. I'm not sure I was, my, my mindset wasn't right. I was just, I was just focused on other things and trying to figure out what to do. I'd never walked through anything like that. But I want you to understand in the middle of your crisis moments in life, God will show up in awesome ways. He did for these guys and he's about to do this for this amazing man. So he shows up. He went to the tombs. He went to the tombs. He went after this demon-possessed guy that show up on the shore. The guys have no idea why they're there. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Why, did I, why am I here? How did I get here? They're there and they have no idea what the purpose is. And Jesus is like, come, we have a purpose. I want you to start to think about how far Jesus came for you. Do you ever ponder those things? How far he came for you? What he was willing to do to win your heart? I think about how stubborn I was. I think about how, how much flesh there was on me. How much he had to fight through just to prove his love for me. It shouldn't have taken much. Would you agree? Just opening this book up for a second that I have had read over me and poured into me from the day I was born. I had people praying for me before I was even born. I had all kinds of challenges. Most of you don't know, but my my skull was fused together. It was only the eighth surgery ever done in Oregon. The, I, had, I didn't have a soft spot on my head. I mean, I had all kinds of craziness. I had this problem with my stomach. I couldn't eat anything. I was projectile vomiting. I don't even know how my parents put up with that. But it was just crazy. My, my entire start of my life was crazy. And I'm just grateful for what God did in the middle of all. I mean, I should have, that, that story in and of itself, my birth should have been enough for him to win me there for the rest of eternity. I am so sad that it took me until I was really in my early 20s to fall in love with him. I liked him before that, but I didn't love him until that. One of the reasons that I'm here tonight is because I want to encourage you to understand what you have in him and to give him everything now. Not then, now. It's such a fun journey. I look back at 12, 13, 14, 15 through 18. I look at that version of Aaron and I go, man, what one fresh encounter with the Lord in that moment, if you had just gotten out of the way, what that could have done to change your experience at Judson Middle School, change your experience at Sprague High School, change your experience at Oregon State University. I'm grateful for all that. I'm grateful for the way God walked me through it. But there was more victory to have, to have been had there if I had walked it out with him. And I wish that I could have a few of those chapters back, and I can't. But what I can do is make sure I don't miss one going forward. Anybody with me? We can all live in the rearview mirror. We can live back here. Or we can understand what is available to us tonight. The love of God, the grace of God showing up on our shore. And what is available to us tonight. And how much are you embracing that? How much are you taking advantage of that? How much of that are you letting affect your DNA? So I'm going to tell you, there's moments for me that I go, Aaron, you're getting a little soft. You're getting a little... Weak about any little thing I ask you to walk through. You're getting a little moody. Anybody in here with me, you can get a little moody. You get a little whiny. Want some cheese with your wine? Your mom keeps telling you that. We went. We have to understand where he came. 
what he left. He left perfection, 33 years of perfect living to lay it out, what it looks to live victorious so that he could have connection, sent the Holy Spirit so that he could say to you tonight, Cameron, Emma, Alona, right? Ali, I know what you're going through. I love that he was that purposeful. Is anybody with me on that? Come on, this is what God showed me out of this. He's really good at dealing with dead things inside us. It wasn't just at the cross that he went and dealt with it. He did it here. He had a track record of going into tombs and calling dead things to life. And he'll do the same thing in you tonight. I think he loves the challenge. Lazarus! Anybody with me? I love that about God. I love that about his heart. He doesn't see things in the... His eyes see different things than we see. Would you agree? We have to train our eyes to see. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you would know the hope to which God has called you. My eyes had some problems. I had I had 20-20 vision. I've never had an issue with vision. But I'm going to tell you, I had like... What's bad vision? Somebody tell me what that looks like. 2,800 or whatever. I had terrible spiritual vision. Okay? It was like triple lens, okay? Because everything revolved around me. I didn't see what he had done for me. I didn't see how far he'd come for me. Not only did Jesus have a plan to speak to his boys about this is it. I'll teach you all of this. I'll take you through your storms. But this is what I do. I go after the one. This is what I'm calling you to do, to go after the one. Are you guys with me on this? Come on, there's some people in your life that are a little bit extra for you. You guys know what I'm talking about right now? They're EGR. They're a little extra grace required. They're a little extra. And, and, and it takes a discipline inside you to be able to say, I'm choosing to love this person. This is not a guy that you would choose to go hang out with. Is everybody with me on that? He's got some stuff going on. But Jesus understood when all of that was healed and all of that was released in the right direction, what was going to happen. Man, right out of the gate, he's like, I've got 10 cities on my mind. It's unbelievable. Same thing he did with the disciples. Can you imagine what their moments were like in the middle of this? They were going like, this is crazy. What are we doing here? This guy's going to kill us too. This guy's awesome. I mean, things are coming alive. Things are coming awake. They're starting to see things. Maybe you remember the same thing. As Jesus starts to wake you up, as he starts to take blinders off of you. I've had some moments where I I was just almost shocked. Like, God, how could I have not seen that before? I'm telling you, he will teach you how to, how to walk with him and how to win, how to literally, as you're moving through difficult seasons, how to be able to go, this is going to be cool to see how you work this out. I trust you. I trust you. So he went into the tombs and he went after those who lived there. He went, he knows how to go among dead things. And I know in the middle of all this stuff, it might be a little bit difficult. Like Aaron, what are you talking about? Just go with me for a minute. Is it not possible that we have a culture that's just a little bit caught up with, with the dead? I'm just, I'm just being real right now. Most popular shows that are watched and streamed 
are ones that have to do with zombies, death, just dark. Couldn't pay me enough to watch that stuff. And I'm not trying to stand up here holier than that. I'm just going to tell you, I can't handle it. I can't sleep. This doesn't work. I believe that God wants to start to open our eyes to see the areas where maybe, maybe we're entertaining some stuff that's dead in our lives. We're letting it hang around. Even if it's not important to you, you're letting it hang around and you're, you're, you're underestimating the influence that it could have on your life if you let it take root. Somebody. It's not easy to look in a mirror, but it's important that we do it and that's what we do when we open the word. He took himself. I, I, I see this about this guy. I mean, nobody can subdue him. Nobody can hold him down. I think there was so much of him that wanted to be right that he took himself out into this place just so that he could be safe and not hurt anybody else. I want you to think about the people in your life that tend to do the same thing. There's something going on in their heart. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to fix it. And so they just start to slowly remove themselves from life. Friendship. Connection. And our response is, well, I guess you don't want to hang out. As opposed to understanding that they're hurting. And there's something going on inside them that maybe they don't even understand just yet. And maybe we're not called to the front row in their life, but we can pray. Right? And I want you to understand, there's been many, many, many moments in my life where God has just called me to the carpet on this. And he's saying, Aaron, you're really, really good at um, opening your mouth. I want you to learn, get better at shutting it. And learning how to be still in my presence and to just talk to me. Because like this, I can do things. I can transform things if you just trust me. Like I just, it's part of the innate it's in me. I want to go fix. I want to go do. As opposed to God, I just, I'm going to take a moment. I have no idea what to do right now. No idea what to do. I humble my, myself before you and I'm asking you, God, to do what only you can do. To meet this person. I love them. I have no clue what to do. But God, you do. And then maybe I just pray in the spirit. That's in you. It's a discipline. Would you agree? Our tendency is not to do that, but to talk about him. Well, did you hear? Post about him. We have to learn to train our heart to, to quickly go to prayer. Would you agree? To get that journal out and write them down on the prayer list. Send them an encouraging text. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you're praying. Come on. There's never been a generation that has had more tools to be able to connect with each other than this one. Would you agree? You got to use them. This tool has to become a tool for his glory. Would you agree? Come on. You have a choice though. You've heard me say this before. I'm not trying to just crack down on cell phones, but I'm going to tell you. There's times that I grab a hold of this thing and I just go, God, I want this. I do not want this running my life. Amen. I called a guy the other day. <laughs> I was trying to order some gravel from him. And he's like, 
And I said, can I pay with a card over the phone? He goes, no way. That would require me to have a cell phone. I have no cell phone. I have no internet. I refuse to have anything to do with it. Every person that I've ever seen with this, he just went off and on. Oh, you guys. There's a bunch of people clapping right now that have cell phones, just so you know. But I love them all. But it's learning the discipline to say, God, I want to learn how to use this. I remember, it was funny, a few years back, my dad was struggling because every cell phone he had, if you, anybody know, my dad's 75 and he still outworks everybody in our, in our business and he's an unbelievable man of God and he just poured Jesus into me since the time I was breathing and before. Um, but he, he couldn't quite get connected with the digital world because every time he had a phone, it was like dead in a couple months because of the mud. Okay, we just, we, we work in mud, we work in dirt, and it would just ruin all the buttons. You remember the flip phones? Okay, some of you still have flip phones, not very many of you, but I'm going to tell you that it was in that season that I was looking over. Where's Asher? Asher, you better be in here. Where's my little man? There he is in the back. Okay, Asher was like two years old, one or two years old, and he's just scrolling through the iPhone and selecting and playing and doing the whole thing, and I went... Lord, if my son at one or two can operate this phone, my dad can have an iPhone. And as soon as I did that, it was like my dad was emailing, he was online, he was doing everything. And it was a great solution. You know, it connected him. It's an awesome tool. He's ministering to people all over the world with that thing. He would know more than the man on the moon. Let something, you know, I mean, we know crazy stuff can come across. You didn't ask for it. I have this text thing that I have no idea how to block, keeps coming across, and I just have to delete it every day. If anybody has any solutions to that, come up to me afterwards. I might be willing to pay for it, okay? And uh, I'm just telling you, we have to be willing to go to whatever distance it takes, right? To protect our heart. To make sure that anything that's coming in that's dead gets cut off, right? I want to make sure that I am placing myself in locations that's going to bring life. You have a choice where your feet go, would you agree? You have a choice what you're going to invest your heart in. We were meant for connection and relationship. It's a discipline to stay close to God and to stay close to people that love God. 2 Timothy 2.22. You guys will hear me say it for the rest of my life. Flee the evil desires of youth. Pursue righteousness and do it with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's why we're here. To develop the with. Would you agree? And to practice going after God together. And then when, when the Holy Spirit reveals something that might be slightly off, to say, God, come on. I'm the first one to the altar. Come on and deal with me in this winter wonderland of strange balloons and trees. I want you all to be praying for vacation Bible camp. I think I've got like 150 kids here this week. Pastor Rob and Stephanie are killing it. So be praying for them. Give them a high five when you see them in the lobby. Okay. They said that this guy couldn't be helped. We often do the same thing. He can't be helped. Pastor Tom talked about this last week on compassion and mercy. Come on. You got to feel it when the valve, the mercy valve just starts to get shut off. Would you agree? You, you got to know when it starts to get turned down and you're like, I don't know why, but I have no grace for anybody. There's something wrong. 
Get into the presence of God. Father, I don't know what's going on. Usually it's just something simple. That The last instruction he gave me, maybe there's somebody that I'm just holding a little something against. I haven't allowed myself even to be forgiven by myself over an issue. Something's going on that's just... It, maybe it's a little bit of judgment towards another person and you don't even realize you're doing it. You're not holding, but every time you see that person, you're walking the other way. Come on, I know I'm not talking to anybody tonight. I don't want that in any relationship in my life. We have a choice how we're going to walk with him. We have a choice what kind of victory we're going to hold on to on a daily basis. This guy that the world said cannot be helped God would say, that's my son. That's my daughter. Philippians 4.13, all things are possible through Christ who gives me strength. We have to see the finished product in other people. Would you agree? Come on, we got to see them as the finished product. we got to see them beautiful. we got to see them whole. We have to understand. God, would you show me what's going on in their life? Would you teach me how to pray for them? I've walked with people that I thought, Father, there is, no, there is no way this family gets restored. I remember this one family years ago. I mean, it was pure craziness. And I saw God go one person after another after another. As soon as one person started to just take a step towards Christ. And then it was the next, and then it was the next, and then it was the next. And it blew my mind. Pretty soon I was like, man, they're going to pass me up. Lit a fire under me, frankly. Because here's what happens. For some of us that grew up in the church, I am preaching to myself right now, okay? What can happen is we can get really complacent, almost like getting inoculated by the gospel. No pun intended, COVIDness, okay? But it's almost like God, I've just gotten so used to you. I'm used to hearing about your, I'm used to your presence that nothing moves me. And then somebody comes along that hasn't had one normal day in their life of just God's love flowing through them and they fall in love with Jesus and they get so grateful for what God has done for them. Because of that gratitude, they start to run and you're like, oh my goodness. I don't want God to be having to call me out because I'm getting complacent about what he did for me. He has invested in me year after year. Come on, I'm talking to you right now. Year after year after year. Some of you, like me, you were raised in the church. You were raised with parents that loved you. And there's moments that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm interested. Then there's some of us that we love God, but it's like, everything. I don't know if I want to give him everything. And there's some of you that you're starting to understand who he is and it's like a freight train. Because you see it and you're grabbing onto it. And I'm proud of you. And all of us are meant to work together and grab on to the baton together. You know what I mean? And to pass it and to move with each other and challenge each other. You know what I'm saying? We do not want to get complacent and start to understand. I mean, the disciples may have been hanging back here going, like, I don't think we should be investing time in this guy. I just think it's a little bit too much, Jesus. This guy's a little bit extra. As opposed to, I see what you're doing. I see who you value. I want my heart aligned in the exact same way. I don't care what it costs me. Teach me how to reach people too, God. 
You see the difference? One is humility, one is pride. He was chained. World's solution to people that they see is out of control. It's the enemy's solution to the human spirit. I'm not trying to say jails aren't important. Don't, don't read into my comments and that kind of stuff. I'm trying to say that God wants his desire is to come meet us in the middle of our brokenness and break things off of us. It's who he is. He sees you. He sees the thing that nobody knows you're wrestling with. And he's not ashamed of that, by the way. That impurity, that pride, that fear, that anger, that judgment. He sees it. He sees the broken family situation. He sees the, Aaron, are you kidding me? I am not going to come talk to you about camp. We don't have $5. Are you kidding me? I understand. He sees all of that and he knows how to speak straight to the situation and say, you're my son. You're my daughter. Every ounce of my inheritance belongs to you. Not one of us in here does he rank higher than the other. Did you know that? I love that about him. He wants to call greatness out of each one of you. I want to call the worship team up. To stay caught up with us as a youth ministry, go to PC Youth Salem on Instagram and YouTube. And join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time for our live stream. Have a great week.